Jackson! John Bradshaw Layfield! You suck! Yeah! Woo! Viva Mexico! This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Thank you, thank you, but uh, yours truly is not worthy of these applause, and you'll find out why in a second. But look at the sponsor, Opportunity Green Room. There's WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, turned rugby advocate, and King Gift A. Bailu, inventor of words, prepping once again diligently for a big show. And if you look at the Your Company name here, Slate, you'll see that we have some great topics, including Six Nations and players and bets and George Hook waiting in the wings. So let's not waste any more time. Let's bring in John and Gip. Uh, guys, 32 and 22 last week, and much of uh, the loss was pinned on yours truly. You guys bailed me out. I was an abysmal 0-5 in the Premiership. See, That's... you got mad at Finn Russell. See, you, you need yep. to show more love for Finn for him to make those kicks, even though absolutely Bach did not deserve a win from that game. Shout out yep. to Bristol showing up. AJ McGinty like. Yeah. Yes, let's well, go. you're the one that you're the one that disparaged and dismissed or dissed AJ McGinty last week on this program. And I helped him be able to get the power to oh, actually show out in this one. I'm just saying. It's what I do. When I root against you, you win. All right. It could have been like a banana peel match for betters because you weren't sure who was going to play. But they're playing their guys and they're supposed to be in camp like a, like a Finn Russell. And don't forget, Saracen's playing. Owen Farrell's going to be there the whole time. That's a big deal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is a huge deal with a bunch of young players who are not used to starting. That's going to be huge for Saracen's during the Six Nation, having Owen Farrell there. Now I feel like the Saracens probably will have more team synchronization because a lot of the confusions and uncertainty that was happening with who's going where and what's happening here, I think is lessening. I don't think they'll win a championship, but I do think they're going to perform better. And to John's point, Owen Farrell being focused in on this last hurrah, I think this is, is a dangerous team again. Thanks to our friends at the Rugby Network for the Premiership Rugby Clips. Uh, John, even uh, during a subpar campaign, so to speak, for Saracens, they're still losing a bunch of players to the national team. What do you mean a subpar campaign? They're uh, surviving by the skin of their teeth in the European. Well, the first few games of the year, they were they had their players in, in the World Cup, and then because they went further than what I think what they thought, but they you know that was good for England. But they lost a lot of uh, lost almost all those games then. And the Saracens came back pretty strong. Uh, I think, you know, they got real problems with Northampton. I think Giff's right. Northampton, to me, is, is the best club right now there in, in England. All right. Agree to disagree. But while we're talking well, South you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. You know, it's, I, I think you're, you're right. saying, oh, they got Molly Wump. No, they lost by six points. Oh, oh. well, yeah, I agree to disagree. They lost by a big six points. No. Okay. They, they got lost, they lost by the matches with their full <laughs> squad. They lose by six points. They lost by six points. <laughs> the facts are the facts. They got right. Molly Wopped with their full squad. A couple of times this season, at least a couple, if not three. They did not. And you don't characteristically no, see no, that from didn't. Saracens. Speaking of South Africa, what a match 
Lions versus Bulls. Bulls the home team. URC's lone game on the weekend. Gift, you had your eyes peeled on this one. I, I Whenever you're talking about South Africans versus South Africans, you know it's going to be a big game. But I was going to say this, and I said this before, Vodacom Bulls. They're going to end up taking Investec, uh, Investec uh, European Cup. I know it doesn't look great in terms of going against Ireland, but that is a powerful team that knows how to win. And that one play, 13 to 12, and it's just a slip up that looked like the Lions were going to be able to, to intercept and snatch it back. Bulls are able to recover in for the try because why? Regardless of whatever the situation is, they are prepared. Yes, it came down to uh, penalty kicks, but it was still going to be a Bulls game because they are a team that is on a mission and they know how to win. I do think that they might be the best team in South Africa right now. And think about this. If you're if you're a European team and aren't used to that speed that, that the South Africans have, the Lions, a couple times, uh, the Bulls had had them pretty much cornered. All of a sudden, their speed, they have some huge breakaway run yeah. because of physical athletic talent. They have got so much talent down there in South Africa. It's just, I, I say it every week, it's just a different level. And watching that game made you love everything about rugby. And those guys were playing their hearts out. They have incredible athleticism. The crowd was big. It looked like it was 50,000 people. I don't know what it was, but they shot it well. And the crowd was diverse. You had a great diversity in the crowd. I mean, that's to me, is what, everything that was good about rugby was good about that broadcast. That's why I think URC has such a huge upside, especially now because of the South African teams. That was a that was a fan base that had urgency in their game, yeah. and not just this was just another game in another competition. That hey, those those fans were living and dying with that team. That's hard. That's hard to make happen. I mean, they were cheering. You saw kids almost crying when they yes! cry. It was awesome. That was great television. Yes, that was. was John. You mentioned the speed. Uh, yeah, and the captain for the Lions, the number 12, off a long lineout. Like it's a, you know, the lineout, they throw a bomb. He got, he gets it full stride. Boom. And he's away with it. Unbelievable. Like, where are the Bulls? Sometimes you just can't counter athleticism. Right. I mean, if you're sitting there waiting on a fastball and Nolan Ryan throws one 100-something miles an hour past you, there's nothing you can do. When you have athleticism like that, it's almost impossible to counter. And you're going to give up something at some point because you're trying to contain it, trying to contain it. But one little mistake and athleticism like that wins the day, at least for that moment. And that's what you saw with the Lions. I mean, that, that athleticism on both sides of the ball was it's fun to watch rugby from South Africa. Yes, yeah, I can't wait to see this next round of the, the, the European Champions Cup because it's going to be great. But, and, you know, I, I can't wait for when the Six Nations, it, it looks like, becomes the Seven Nations because I can't wait to see these great South African athletes playing regularly against Ireland and France and England, and Scotland. Well, it's, it's going to be, including Italy. It's, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to, I think, enhance that competition like it's enhanced the URC. Yep. And Gift, you said Ireland before, but I think you meant Leinster or the Irish province teams that are in. Right. That, that's what I meant. Like uh, going up to Ireland to be able to play against Leinster and that because I do think they're going to end up finding themselves into semifinals. And you could actually, you know, get away with saying Leinster is basically Ireland, too, because they've got that all star squad. But the, the other thing about that match between the Lions and the Bulls was the ending. The ending was a lot more dramatic than it needed to be because Creel had the knock on, trying to run it out of the try zone. The Lions pounced on that for another try, got right back in it. Then they kicked for the lead. Then the Bulls kicked for the lead. And, and I'm talking, these are booming kicks from like nine miles from the posts. 
And then at death, they had a chance and an unbelievably long attempt just just missed. But the drama there to end that game in the in that fashion, the exchange of kicks after the back and forth punching, just a, just great rugby. But again, that uh, try that they got because they got stuck in their own try zone and he tried to run it out instead of kick was because of athleticism. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like uh, like Deion Sanders when you have closing speed like these guys have, and like, nobody like Deion Sanders. But when you have closing speed like these guys have, you're not used to being. You're, they, they thought they could have a free kick. And all of a sudden, those guys are on them because yeah. they have team speed like that. Yeah. That is going to shock a lot of teams that aren't used to playing against that. And the heat. <laughs> <laughs> and the long travel. The long travel. All right, we got to take a quick break, and we'll come back with George Hook after this. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we're welcoming back George Hook. George, welcome George back. Hook! George yeah! Hook. All right! George Hook is here! Yes! yes. Yeah! All right, George, enlighten us on Six Nations. Does it matter that there's five different captain setups, co-captaincies out of the six teams? As Sherlock Holmes said to Dr. Watson, me thinks you are making a mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely irrelevant. Captains change. And for if you look at the different countries, they all have different reasons for changing captains. The most obvious one is Johnny Sexton has returned. They brought in Pedro Manny. But but that happened. But then in the case of the other ones, that happens. I don't think it'll make that much difference because the the coach has decided who his captain is, and you've got to believe that he has a lot of trust in the guy he's chosen. So I don't think the captain is going to determine the destination of the Six Nations. Do you think that with this new generation, with a little bit more focus now, that attention brought to this Six Nation than before, do you think that there's maybe a mindset here that this younger generation of Irish are looking to exact their long-distance revenge on France, a team that's talented but always has something underneath? Do you think that this team feels like they are looking to change the the nature of things different than there has been before because there's more spotlight? I think that's a really good question if coming from a different angle that I might have come from. But it's a really good question because it all depends, as it has depended for 150 years. It depends on the number 10. Mm. And like... We are now looking, and it's probably Crowley or in his native court, Crowley. We are looking at Crowley as, as, as probably the number one. It's a big ask. I mean, it's a very, very intimidating place to play rugby. And you've got to, you've got to be there to actually experience it. Like when you go to Cardiff and you go to Twickenham and you go to Murrayfield, there's something warm and cuddly about it. But but Paris just exudes 
you know, we, we're going to take these guys. Now, what's the problem for the French? The big problem for the French is their sexton is missing in the shape of Dupont at number nine. And I mean, he is incredibly influential. He's the best player in the world. Uh, so France are losing him. I mean, I wouldn't be putting my measly old age pension on either team to win, to be honest. And I'm not even sure if I could be pushed into making a forecast. But if I could, if I could be pushed because of the vast sums paid me by McCarthy, um, if I could be pushed, I think France will win. Now on that note, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we are back with George Hook. Gift, you are uh, beckoning during the break that you had a question for George. Do you think that this might be the year that England actually steps into the role that they're expected to versus the disappointment because they've now had a full year rotation and a better than expected outing from the Rugby World Cup. I keep referring to 150 years of rugby and I've been around for most of them. Um, England have disappointed more often in that 150 years than they have delivered. So inside me, I think they're probably going to disappoint, you know. Um, I, I think they'll be okay, but I don't think they're capable of winning five games. They got a great start, great start with Italy. I mean, uh, so so they're going to get off to a good start, but I don't think they're good enough. They're not going to beat Ireland and France. Might be one of them, but I don't think they're capable of beating both of them. So, George, a question about Italy. Uh, you got Capuzo, who's a wonder kid down there, and uh, you've got these. The Italy is getting better. You, you're seeing Benetton and uh, uh, Zebre. They're getting better, especially Benetton. The players, a lot of those guys are playing on, on a major uh, Italy team. 17 and a half points to 18 and a half points is what Italy is getting at home. The question is from a betting perspective and from a coaching perspective, because you would know this. Uh, Italy, England knows they can beat Italy. England's not worried about Italy. They're worried about Ireland and France, the big games. 17 and a half points. Seems like a lot of points to play in Italy for a England team that probably is not that inspired because they know the tougher games are coming. Do you think that Italy can cover this 17 and a half points, meaning not lose with, with uh, 17 and a half, 18 points in Italy against England? I actually think you're right. I actually think you're right. If I if I weren't living on this awful old age pension, <laughs> uh, I'd put a few quid on on easily uh, beating the spread. One well, one last question before you go. Ronan O'Gara went pitch side for the second half to coach out the rest of that match in La Rochelle's loss to Toulon. Why don't more coaches coach from the pitch side rather than up the box? I don't know. Well, you were a coach. Uh, I, I, well, I mean, I never coached from the touchline. You know, 
I might have coached the first time with the under 14s or something, but I I never coached a serious team like I, the US in the World Cup or Ireland in the Women's World Cup or the Ireland students or Connacht or whatever. I mean, I never coached in the church line. I'm not sure what O'Gara was hoping to achieve. You, you've done everything, and then the whistle blows, and it's up to them now. And on that note, George, we have to let you go. But before we let you go, last week you left us with a piece of history in your life when you said you lost your virginity in Northampton. What's the follow-up? It, the thing was, it was obviously pretty dramatic, right, with Pamela. That was her name. It was pretty dramatic me. The blonde, but like gin. And then... <laughs> I caused absolute chaos in the lady's mind because I jumped out of bed, rushed over to the nearest Catholic church to get absolution before I died and went to hell. <laughs> Dude, on word of honor, she was looking at me aghast as I went rushing out the hotel room to go to the church. Uh, uh, it doesn't get any better than that on the rugby odds, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to Mr. George Hook once yeah, again. George Hook. Thank you, George. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. From New York City comes America's longest running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights, and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. And we're back. How great was it having George back on again and leaving us with that new cliffhanger, sort of. George, George is the man, and, and we learned something new about Northampton and you everything they have right. to offer. George Hook. <laughs> Legend, legend. That's all. Legend. Anyway, guys, six nations. Six nations. It's here. It's on Netflix, but it's also really here. And we got some great matchups to start. Friday Night Lights. Ireland going into Marseille. John, these two teams to me, this is this is the the entire Six Nations Championship right here, the very first week. I think it's that important. I think these two teams are that much better than everybody else. But I think that France holds court here. And I agree with George, not just because of home field advantage. I think that France, they played a neutral field. I think France wins it. Playing Dublin gets a little tougher. But I think France is a better team here. Losing Sexton is a huge deal. And I think France ends up winning this game. I would bet, but you know what? To be, be safe, though, I would not give the two and a half points. I would just bet money line, pay a little more odds, and, and take France straight up. The 43 and a half, I don't know. Weather's going to be good for all three Six Nation games this weekend. And so I'm not sure about the total on this. 40, 45 and a half is a little bit low, but I'd play the side on this. I'd play France. George Hook Gift said that France up front could bully the Irish up front, but we both know from the Netflix special that Andrew Porter is not going to get bullied by Antonio. We do. We do. But we also understand that uh, Antonio is, uh, is legit a threat. But I think Ireland is looking to really establish. And Andy Farrell seems like a guy who is too stubborn to allow his teams to fall to what is expectations. Look for the upset going up in France. Uh, Ireland on the point and the win. See, I think they've got familiarity with each other. They've been down this road. This isn't their first rodeo going against each other. And Ireland has come out successful against them. I think they've figured out how to play them. 
and you got Porter Furlong and Sheehan up front for, for the Irish. That's a formidable trio. I'm not objective in this match. I'm taking Ireland, betting with my heart rather than my head. I think Ireland wins this one and stuns the French. The next, yep, and one, I want to make it. I want to make it clear. I'm not uh, laying the points on this. I'm going to take France on the money line. I'd pay more odds to because I think three and a half. It's too many points for what could be a really close game. I think that's a really good line. I think it's a, a fair line. Next, Italy hosting England, and it's 17 and a half that England on the road are laying for Italy. A big loss, obviously, Owen Farrell, major component when it comes to this. But again, we're bringing back George Ford, the king of the kicks, as well as Smith. Might be a bit of a liability when it comes to defense, but this is also against Italy. While I want Italy to do well, learning the stat that they've only won 13 games out of 110 over 22 years is just disturbing. They're getting a new culture, new guys coming in. While I think they'll be competitive, I don't think they're going to be there yet. I think that's going to be a late half, six nations. Uh, this 17 and a half makes sense. I'm going to go with England with the points and obviously going with the win. It's a lot of points. Italy has played with a lot of heart, John, and you've been talking the, the Italians up for quite a bit. Yeah, Zebra played great in the uh, Challenge Cup. Uh, Benetton is, is winning the Challenge Cup right now. They're fourth in the URC. You're seeing a, a great uh, amelioration of Italy football, Italian football. Add Capozzo, who's going to come over from the top 14 to play, one of the best players in the world. I think you got a really good Italy side here. I don't, do not think they're as good as England, by the way. I think England is the better side. However, I don't think they're going to be interested in boat race in Italy. I think they're looking past Italy, rightfully so, because they are the better side. So I'm going to take Italy at home with the plus 17 and a half. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's much closer than that. I think England is going to take it to a very game, but overmatched Italy. And I think England covers that spread in a high scoring affair. And then the last match of the weekend is Wales hosting Scotland. Who do you like in this one, John? I know that you're a homer for the Scots. I just think these teams are very evenly matched. Scotland seems to run the ball better than Wales does. And because of that, I'm going to give them the slight lean and I'm going to pick Scotland. And, and that'll be who I'm betting. I've already bet on Scotland, by the way. I've already actually physically made the bet. So I'm going to bet on Scotland to win this game. Yeah, one and a half points. I mean, I, I don't know how they get that that line because Scotland has to be the favorite here. I don't care. I know they're playing at Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, the Mecca, all that. But this is a good Scottish team. Yeah. And you got Finn Russell as your quarterback. You, you're always going to be good. And you got Vandermeer on one wing who's just a wrecking machine. He's like Drago from Rocky. They, they, I think they're going to destroy him. Gift, what do you think? Man, look, I've I, got to give it to Scotland. Finn Russell, obviously, probably one of the best tens by his, as he calls himself, the uh, Lionel Messi of, of tens. But, like, he's obviously a very talented, very creative 10, so you can look for them to be able to do that. I think Blair Kinghorn now at fullback, now is not looking over his shoulder again. Stuart Hogg held it for so long last year, and you know now this is all Blair's to be able to play with. And you look off of coming off a Toulouse game like that, there, there's a lot to be able to say it about Scotland. I think they're going to come out strong. I think Wales is going to be a wooden spoon finalist, to be honest with you. I don't think that they're fully like recovered in all their aspects, but you know, Warren Gatlin will get them together, but this ain't the year that it's going to happen. So I may Scotland, just, uh, I may change my bet. I may raise it to double. I, <laughs> I, I like, I like what you just said, King. I think that makes a lot of sense. I feel a lot better about my Scotland pick now. 
I got you, brother. I got yes, you. sir. <laughs> Feel the, the love, the, the rugby odds love here. It's just, oh. It's two-way. It's not the it's other way. You're right, you know. <laughs> I know, but yeah. But yeah, Scotland with the one and a half, and I think they're going to take the, I, I, they get the win. I, I I think without a doubt, they get the win. Top 14. What bugs me about the top Couture's, as they say, top 14, is they're not using two French words. They're using one French word and one English word. Why not use two French words? John, what's your pick uh, uh, in this week's setup for the top four? My pick is simple. Don't bet on the top 14 this week because their players, are, you don't know who's playing. It's the dumbest thing in the world to bet on a team that you can't even predict the roster. Yeah, but you know the teams that don't have any internationals are still pretty much intact. Yeah, but then you got to play a team like Toulouse that or La Rochelle that's just deep as they can be, like playing Leinster's B-side. You know, you, you don't know who's there. But, John, you know our job here is to pick a game. So pick a game. Yeah, look, I don't want to bet on these games, but if you're going to bet on one, bet on a home team. French home sides play very well. Bet on a team that's established, even if they got a bunch of players playing the Six Nations because they're deep. I'm betting on Toulouse playing your home side of Bayonne, New Jersey. They're giving them 10 and a half points. I don't care, but Bayonne, New Jersey, and you don't know anything about rugby. So bet on Toulouse. Okay, gift. Hey, look, I, I'm always going to go back to the blue and white. Bet on uh, Rossing 92. They're going to be on the road against Perpignan, but not, Rossing 92 is so stacked with t- players that are not from France that uh, it doesn't really even matter. Half of them are either, you know, from England and they get picked or the other half is from South Africa and South Africa is not doing anything with uh, the rugby championships right now. So I'm going to look at the Rossing 92 to get the two and a half points and, uh, over Perpignan on the road. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Pau or Pau versus Castra. Pau's at home. Picks. I like to Batman Pau you. Yeah. <laughs> Pau. It might be Poe. Some pronounce it Poe. I'm still. No, no, no. Batman always Pau. <laughs> then we'll go Batman with Pau. Pau people. Picks yep. of the week. John. A parlay. For the Six Nations, that's the big thing happening this week. I'm going to pick just the sides. Forget about the points. So you throw England in there, you're getting a ton of points. So not really help the parlay, but throw England in there as well, the side, not the points. Throw France in there, not the points, the side. And throw Scotland in there. You bet $100, you win 113 So it's a little better than a one-to-one bet. But I'm betting on those three sides and a parlay Mm. to win is my best bet. Mm. I like that gift. I believe that this is the point to be able to ask who's going to win the Six Nations. And today, I'm putting it out there. I truly believe that England takes the Six Nations this year. We're not going to find out until later on, until about four weeks from now. But I do think England wins the Six Nations. It's going to be a one-loss game, a one-loss team per uh, uh, team. It's going to win by points for England in this one. My pick of the week is going to be the over- in the Ireland visiting France opening night match, the over. On that note, we're out of time. By the way, I want to add a best bet pick. Since Gift has inspired me, the king, I want to pick the same thing Gift said. There's not going to be a Grand Slam winner. It's minus 110 bet, so pretty much an even bet right now. I agree with the king, Gift Bailu on this. I think there will not be a Grand Slam winner. I think they're all too even. So give me that bet that there's not going to be a Grand Slam winner. I'm going to wait until after the first round to make that decision. On that you get note, worse odds, dummy. We're out of time. <laughs> I want to thank. Worse odds. That's the dumbest thing. You're, you're, 
hosting a betting show and you're giving people bad advice. That's like hosting a finance show. Go, why don't you go out and buy a boat? On that note, I want to thank John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE Hall of Famer, turn rugby boat. King Gifte Bailu, the inventor of words, George Hook, the Irish pundit who lost his virginity in Northampton. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the college rugby wrap-up. Check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. And join our American Red Cross blood donor team. Why don't you buy a Pac-Man machine? TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> We're on TikTok. We're on TikTok. <laughs>